beautiful. You are listening to More Than a Crown, where you will learn, feel understood, and be encouraged alongside believer, child advocate, ice cream connoisseur, and former Miss USA, Sarah Rose Summers. already know I am Sarah Rose Summers and I am so so honored to have you all here and the listeners whether you're in your car or at the gym um, welcome to the more than a crown podcast this is something that I have put my heart and my soul into and I'm just so excited to be having my first ever live recording event with this smiling audience I could just I'm grinning ear to ear and um, those of you that are watching or you're here you clearly see that but we have to keep thinking about our listeners in the podcast yeah. realm. And I'm just so excited because being able to be surrounded by community around something that I'm so passionate about um, for a cause that's close to my heart is what it's all about, right? So for those of you who don't know, my podcast is called More Than a Crown. And the reason for that is last year I won Miss USA as the first ever from Nebraska. And that is totally crazy and it's still so surreal to say and believe that's my truth of what's happened and it just makes me speechless to still realize that that happened and is now over and just as quickly as it happens it it's over just as fast Mm -hmm. and you gain um this community and voice during your year as Miss USA. And then after that, you have to figure out what you're going to do with it because you're no longer Miss USA, but you can still utilize this platform that you earned and were given during the year. And I am definitely a personality and I enjoy being able to encourage and inspire people, especially in the wellness and beauty inside and out spheres. And so that is where More Than a Crown was born. And the title comes from because after my year... I'm only 25 years old and I have so much more to life to live, more to live, and um, that's, that's where the title comes from. But another person who is also more than a crown is my dear friend and sister and oh, just so many, so many words, Nia Sanchez Buco. Hello. And I'm so thankful to have you today. Nia Sanchez Buco. Daniel would be mad. I said Buco. It's spelt that way, but it's Buco. Yes, like a book. Yes. Book. Oh, yes. (laughs) So Nia and Daniel have some really funny stories of after being Miss USA, they went on their honeymoon and it would say like, welcome Mr. and Mrs. Sanchez. All the time. (laughs) Poor guy feels so bad. Oops. And then he would call for room service and say, hi, Mr. Sanchez, how can I help you out? And he's like. You're like, we just got married. uh (laughs) Our name is Buco. Poor guy. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I know. But. I'm just so excited to be having Nia here today at Energy in New York City. Yes, I'm she excited lives to be in here. LA, mm-hmm. and so this is such a treat, you guys, that she's here with us. And for everybody that's here in the live audience, we're going to be doing a Q and A at the end. So truly, anything and everything, we are both open books, and we're we're just so excited to hear your questions and chat with you, and maybe be able to answer. I mean, whether it's anything, our favorite beauty products to what do you? What keeps you up in the middle of the night? Mm-hmm. So ask us anything. We are ready for that. You can be brainstorming during the during the event. But one thing that I love about Nia so much is that her care is for women mm-hmm. in order to be confident in knowing that they can protect themselves. And that's something so unique and something that's not discussed very often is women's self-defense. And I know living in New York City, I'm not married yet. And so I'm living here with a girlfriend and it's like, I don't necessarily want to walk around when it's really dark because I know I have my mace in my hand, but I'm like, how, how much is that going to do? So <laughs> I'm excited to be learning from Nia as to how to be able to be more confident exploring the world. Absolutely. And I'm really excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Of course. Can you please tell everyone just a little bit about where you started and what is your official, you're a fourth degree black belt and lots of other things. All the things. Okay. So (laughs) I am a fourth degree black belt in Taekwondo. I've trained for over 20 years now, which makes me sound really old. I'm like, Oh, I've trained for 20 years. How old am I? I feel like I'm 21. This is weird. Um, but I've, so I've trained for 20 years in Taekwondo. I also train in jujitsu and Muay Thai. And I think it's really important as a self-defense instructor to be well-rounded. Taekwondo is more of a stand up and like, know like where to hit, 
how to hit and to be precise, but then in real life, fights or some type of aggression can often get taken to the ground. So that's why I think jujitsu is also really important for me. Hmm. So those are the three main things that I've trained in to help round out my self-defense workshops that I do. What got you started at such a young age? Oh my goodness. So, <laughs> so many things. So my family, my life is a very complicated. I'm going to try to make it a long story short for you, but my parents got divorced. Um, I lived in a women's shelter for a bit with my mom um, because she had nowhere to go. She didn't have a job. She was a stay-at-home mom, and but wanted to leave my dad at the time. So I was in a women's shelter. We were sleeping on couches. We were sleeping in tents in people's backyards. And so my life just literally got flipped upside down for quite some time. And I, from being a normal kid, became extremely introverted. So I was super, super shy. Uh, after my parents' like divorce, settlement, everything got settled, my dad actually got full custody. And so we moved to where his parents were so that he could have support taking care of me and my brother. And he, as a dad, he's a dad that was in the military. His father was in the military. He then worked at a prison, saw all the worst people in the world. And his little girl was super, super introverted. I would never even look up. I would stare at my feet when I would walk. Mm -hmm. It was just like I was the most shy person. And he would try to make me more confident or aware of my surroundings. He'd be like, you didn't see that stranger standing on the corner. Like, you have to be aware of what's going on around you. And right. I just was not open to it. So he put me into Taekwondo to help bring me out of my shell. And I refused. I was like, mm, no, <laughs> it's for boys. I'm not doing this. But I said, I'm only going to do it if you do it with me. So my dad, my brother, and I all joined Taekwondo so together. Sweet. Yeah. Eight years old. And I hated it. I, I've got to be honest for the first <laughs> six months, I hated it. I remember my instructor asking me one time saying, um, he was like, so why are you guys here? And he asked every, you know, every kid, why are you here? And I was like, cause my dad made me like, <laughs> it was just not something I wanted to do. But I started getting into the competitions. I love to compete. I love to see myself improve. And then at 12 years old, I started as a junior instructor and I became a certified instructor at 15. So I did really get into it. It did break me out of my shell. It did make me more confident. It did make me feel comfortable in my own skin and knowing who I am and that I can walk tall and with my shoulders back and be um, courageous and, and be, have integrity. And it taught me community. It taught me so many really good life skills. Mm -hmm. And then from that, I also started training in jujitsu and Muay Thai when I lived in Hong Kong. Wow. Yeah. And she lived in Hong Kong for Disney. Yes, I worked at Disney, but I did sign a so contract. She's a real princess. Oh, well, I have to say that I'm like, I was friends with a princess. Quote, quote, my fingers are doing air quotes right now. Ha, ha, ha. Yes, so I was <laughs> friends with princesses at Disneyland oh in Hong gosh. Kong. Yeah. She was friends with princesses and a fourth degree black belt. So yes. you can <laughs> do it all. I love it. Yes. Have question that's probably on a lot of people's minds as well as mine is have you ever had to utilize your skills in an emergency situation? Yes and no. Not emergency like someone's trying to pull me into an alley to sexually or physically assault me but there's so many things that I teach at my workshops where it's like if some creep comes up to you and tries to grab you because he thinks it's okay to grab you and dance with you or pull you over to the bar or to whatever yeah. it's those like wrist release type things where if someone's grabbing your arms or like grabbing you like around the waist to pull you in like a creepy guy trying to give you a hug mm -hmm. there's so many things where it's like if you just learn a technique to easily de-escalate the situation instead of like pushing a guy off of you but just knowing how to release his grab or his technique mm -hmm. or his um, aggression is really Really important. So I've used that plenty, especially as Miss USA. I remember my manager would come up and be like, you can't touch her. And I'm just like, yeah, it's fine. And I would like release like it's because people get excited. The fans, they want to grab you. They want to, they think they like have physical possession of you. you. Exactly. Right. And so to know how to calmly just release that grip was really something that I was like, I'm really ready for Miss USA because I know how to escape creepy people, um, which is weird, but you need it. And because working at Disneyland, I had to be positive and happy all the time and make everyone feel good around me, which I wanted to do. But sometimes as Miss USA, you're tired. And working at Disney, I didn't get a chance to be tired because then you would be breaking character. So yeah. I had to always just be the best version of myself. Mm. So yeah, I've learned a lot of my self-defense stuff has also come into factor when I miss USA or just like at a bar and there's some creepy dude. It's kind of <laughs> a little bit of everything. So Nia was Miss USA 2014 and I was in college at the time. And I remember just dreaming of the day that I would go to Miss USA. That was my dream. And being able to 
just admire her from afar and follow her on social media. And it's just so surreal that I get to sit here and call you a friend. She's reading in my our wedding next in two mm. weeks. It's so exciting to just have those friendships and relationships that you'd never even expect, you know? And that's yeah. what life is all about and making those genuine connections. But what what is your goal? What where do you see your workshops in five years? Ooh, that's a great question. So I love teaching the women's self-defense workshops. I think it's really important for every single woman to feel more confident in every situation, no matter what it is, even if it's because sometimes assaults are happen when it's someone you know and know how to like, not sometimes, often, like that's the majority of assaults are by someone that you know. So I want a woman to feel confident in every situation, whether it's a stranger on the street that's giving her weird vibes or a, a someone at work that's making her feel uncomfortable. Um, so I want to be able to continue to do them across the country. I'm also working on doing them regularly in LA where I live. So that's exciting because I want, I, the thing is, if I teach whoever's listening or if I teach you guys like 10 really powerful techniques that are going to really help you feel more confident. And then you practice it 30 times mm -hmm. in the workshop and then never again, you're not going to, you're going to be like, hold on, what's step one? When someone grabs your <laughs> hand, like that's, no, you need to have it as more something where you practice. So if you're not practicing at home, I would love to create a space for women to mm -hmm. come and to continue to be able to practice with other women in a safe and comfortable environment. So many workshops are taught by like these big scary men and you like I have men come in Men as in like my husband, not like big scary men. My <laughs> husband's wonderful. Um, but to give some women are like, no, I want someone to grab me like really hard with all their strength, someone that's stronger than a woman so I can really practice how to get out of it. So we have that, but it's not a man that's intimidating teaching you. It's a woman showing you that as a woman, you can do this. Mm -hmm. So I, I hope to be able to just empower women and have a place where they can come right. regularly to do that. I know. I'm so proud of you and I'm excited because I know nothing. I mean, my dad, I remember in the basement of our house when I was a senior in high school, school and I was about to go off to college in Texas had some man uh -huh. and his friend come and teach me and one of my high school friends self-defense oh that's good sweet Mike Summers thought that that was comforting knowing oh. that he was teaching me self-defense before he sent me off to college uh -huh. which I do think is a good idea yeah but like you said I've never practiced it since mm. Yes, it's so important to practice it. And so you said your dad like had someone come in. You guys, my dad, if I could tell you all the stories, he is the kind of dad that, for example, one time I was coming home from work really late at night. I was like 18. I got I worked at the mall. I got home by 10. And I was sitting in my car just like texting everybody back that I hadn't texted when I was at work. And being in the military and working in a prison, our house has security cameras on them. <laughs> so my dad calls me and I'm like, yes, what's up, dad? And he was like, do you see that guy in a hoodie standing behind your car? And I was like, no, oh my gosh, I was freaking out. He's like, yeah, well, no one's there, but he could have been, he could have attacked you if you didn't. Like, if you shouldn't be sitting in your car, like, what are you doing? Like, oh my gosh, that's my dad. That's so, awful. So my dad, instead of being like here, he would like scare me into being aware of my surroundings. So wow. I don't sit in my car anymore and text. That's something you guys should not do if you're listening or if you're here. Which is so natural. Right. Because it's you kind of relaxing too. You're like, oh. I just like, I'm chilling. Right. Yeah. There's like, if you live in the Midwest or anywhere that you drive, not New York City, and you go grocery shopping mm -hmm. and it's like such a awesome feat, and then you get to your house and you're like, I'm going to sit here because I don't want to take it all inside. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> and exactly. you don't text and drive, of course. So right. then you get caught you up, up on, yeah. Exactly. Don't it's do it. It's a little ridiculous. Mm -mm. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, I am so excited. And I guess what is something that you want these women to feel? when they leave? Ooh, I want women to have real practical takeaways. So yes, of course, I want you to feel empowered. I want you to feel strong, but there's little things. And then there's the bigger physical things where you're like, okay, I have to practice this technique. So it becomes second nature. But the little things are like, as a woman, especially in New York City, oh my gosh, all you guys at least have spent time in New York, if not living here. It's a city where you're always carrying bags or things on your shoulders. And little takeaways are carry your bag on your less dominant side, because if God forbid something happens to you, you want your stronger hand to be free to defend yourself. If you have 10 grocery bags because you're stronger on your right hand <laughs> side and someone comes and attacks you and you're not as coordinated or as strong on your left hand side, you want that free hand no. that's stronger and more coordinated. So little like practical takeaways. And then I also want women to just feel like they can walk a little taller and be more aware of their surroundings. Here's the thing with self-defense. When I teach my workshops, yes, I want you to learn every single technique that I teach so you feel more empowered, but I also want you to 
first and foremost, feel more empowered to prevent an attack, feel more empowered to be aware of your surroundings. So we really dive deep into that and what circumstances potentially are circumstances that a predator might look at you and say, oh, I'm going to attack her because she's not, she's looking down on her phone or she's not paying attention to her surroundings. So when you're standing tall, you're walking with a purpose, when you're making eye contact with people around you, those type of things make you not and not to say that any woman is it's ever her fault she's a victim ever zero I, I feel like I should start this whole conversation with that but it's just to make you feel more confident on the inside and that helps also prevent mm -hmm. as well yeah wow things I'd never think of so many things there's so much to talk about come to the workshop truly I feel like I switch my bag on either side when it's like more tired and exactly you're around the city you switch mm -hmm. to the next one but especially at night right at, at night exactly if there's a thousand people around you like no one's going to in broad daylight in the middle of a group of people like Times you Square. You never know. People right. are crazy. But then some, there would be bystander intervention which means someone would be able to help you but right. this is like especially if you're in more of an isolation type situation. So I'm actually going to explain an awful situation that happened to me and I want you to tell me what I should have done differently. Oh. Because I think there are a few things that I could tell you I would do differently. Okay. But, okay, so background. I love New York City, like, so, so much. I mm -hmm. love that you can walk everywhere, do anything, see everyone, and there's just an unending list. Loved New York City last year when mm -hmm. I was Miss USA, living in the Miss USA apartment, and we had a doorman, and we had an elevator, and life was great. Yes. And now I still love being in New York City, but it's different. I live in a five-story walk-up. I don't have a doorman. I'm living like a, I would say, like a actual New York experience. Yes, yes. Um, but I'm still spoiled. Don't get me wrong here. Um, anyway, so I was walking home from the subway, and it was, say, 9.30. Mm -hmm. But it was a weekday, mm -hmm. so there wasn't a lot going on. Yeah. I live right in Midtown, Manhattan. But there was, like, no one, okay? And I'm on the phone with Connor. Mm-hmm. Where is he? There he probably go. was. He wasn't very helpful from Texas. <laughs> right. Like exactly. if he had he been there in person, to it would have been great. Right. But he was in Texas. So I'm on the phone with Connor and I feel this man approach right here. Mm -hmm. And he goes, you got a boyfriend? Mm. And I just ignore him twice. Mm -hmm. He asked the same thing twice. Mm -hmm. And then the third time I said, I have a fiance and I'm talking to him on the phone. And then he, um, I don't remember what he did, but he got really close to me and mm -hmm. touched me like his body grazed against my body mm. and I'm now approaching my apartment door mm -hmm. where I need to put the code in mm -hmm. to get upstairs, which is the code to get to my residence. Yeah. So in this situation, Connor's on the phone, has no idea what's going on. I'm not even really sure what's going on. Mm -hmm. um, I waited for him. Another man walked by yeah. who did not intervene. Mm -hmm. And so this man started heckling him. And in that split amount of time, yeah. I was able to type in the code and pull my glass door shut. And then it gets worse. It gets way creepier. So my whole walk up the first flight of stairs, he was standing outside the glass door, watching me in a dress walk up the stairs doing this. Oh... My. It was mortifying. That's and terrifying. I wanted to call the police, but I'm like, he didn't actually do anything to me. So yeah. what should I have done differently? Um, well, here's the thing before I give suggestions is that every woman in any type of situation does what they can and what they know how to do to keep themselves safe. So no one is ever wrong. You do what you can do in that moment to be safe. And, and you waited for that right timing to get into your home and to do it when he wasn't paying attention to you. So you did what you could do. There's other suggestions or other ideas as well. Um, something I've done, I've been in a similar situation where I didn't, I didn't feel safe going into my home because I felt like there was someone close to me that could have like followed Follow me, tried you. to push me. Like it could have been dangerous. So, um, I went directly to a public space that was very close to where I lived. That's what so, my mom said. Good job, D. <laughs> there you go. Go, <laughs> mama. Um, so, like, you know, if you live near a Dwayne Reed or something that's, like, open, a anything where any other people are at, I would have gone into that space or even that man that walked by. If he didn't offer help, you should have asked him. Not should have. Could have. It's an option. Could have asked him for help. Hey, this man is, like, can you please help me, like, walk with – you know, it's someone that looks more put together than this creep that's following you mm -hmm. just until you feel safe. So there's lots of things that you 
could have done alternatively, but you did like the best that you could do at that time. And you Mm -hmm. didn't obviously put your coat in and walk inside when he was right next to you. (laughs) And that's obviously wonderful and smart and and as safe as you could have been in that moment. I think even communicating with Connor and speaking out loud, like, Hey, there's this guy describing him. This is exactly what he looks like, Connor, just so Mm -hmm. you know. And so those type of things, because then he doesn't feel like the thing is when someone that's going to assault you or is thinking about doing it, they want to do it without anyone else being aware. So it's, it's bystander intervention. You want to get that bystander intervention possibility up as high as you can. So he doesn't know that Connor's in Texas. Connor could be upstairs in the apartment. Connor could be a block away. So you could even be saying, hey, babe, I'm almost to the apartment. Come down right now and just be saying that. So this guy now thinks he's not going to be alone anymore. Mm. You know what I mean? So you always so want to try to get that bystander intervention as high as possible. Wow. Yeah. Genius. Yeah. I saw lots of eyeballs lighting up. Are some people taking notes because I'm just either going to have to re-listen to this podcast and take notes because that's, I mean, so smart. Yeah. And I do live right next to like a McDonald's, like oh, yeah. all these things Pop that were the open. McDonald's, right? 24 hours Silly in New York. Silly me. Get some ice cream. The city that never sleeps. Yes. Their ice cream machine is always broken. Dang it. <laughs> it's probably good for me. Let's be real. Right. Oh my gosh. Well, Wedding prep. One of the things that I always say about Nia is how empowering she is as a friend, as a sister in Christ, as a woman who desires to take other women under her wing and share and bring them confidence in order to be able to explore the world because she herself is such a huge world traveler. And right now she's actually wearing my So Sarah Rose jewelry necklace that says empowered. And I remember when I was selecting the words that I wanted to put on my jewelry, I instantly thought of Nia for the empowered one. And I'm not going to get super emotional, but I almost did. Anyway, (laughs) keeping it positive. Um, She is just (laughs) such a wonderful light that I believe so many women should try to strive to be like her. She in no way is ever intimidated by someone's success. She's joyful for them and celebrates in that success with them. And that's why I'm so excited to have her as a part of this first ever live event. Yay! I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much. And as all of you know, whether you're listening or you're here watching, Sarah's absolutely amazing. And and the same, like you love to lift other women up and that's why you do this podcast. And so it's really encouraging to other people. And I love that you now get to do it and have videos. So people, some people love to just sit and watch things. I do that on YouTube all the time. (laughs) Do you really? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, when I'm doing my makeup, you know, when I'm sitting down and I have it on that kind of thing. So, but then it's also great that you have the podcast. So it depends on where people, if they're on the subway, they can just listen. You got all the options. I love it. On the subway, at the gym. All of it. All the places. Yes. Absolutely. So I think we should start taking some questions. Does anybody have one off the bat? Pause real quick. You guys can ask anything. It could be relationships. It could be Sarah, me, both of us, Miss USA, self-defense. fitness, nutrition, our greatest fear. Ready, go. Yes. Right. Oh, shoot. I'm I'm sorry. This is is your podcast. I'm taking charge. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, y'all have the same question. What are the chances? So as a younger girl, I started competing in pageants at 10 years old. And for listeners who aren't here, the question was, what empowered each of us to compete at our state level? And it was always a dream of mine to represent my home state of Nebraska at Miss USA. Um, It became a dream of mine through competing in pageantry. I'd say after about four years of competing in a system called National American Miss, 12 and under can't wear any makeup, there's no swimsuit competition. My goal at that pageant was to build my confidence because similar to Nia, I would literally grasp grasp my gown and stare at the ground in total horror. And now here I am, I can talk to a wall. But (laughs) that was my goal was to build that self-confidence and just public speaking skills. And once that happened, then I realized, okay, I want to take this to the next level. These women that have these crowns or these titles have the opportunity to be involved in their community and they're looked at in a different light and they get to go to hospitals and be a princess and light up these little girls' lives. And that's what I wanted. And then I just always dreamt of representing my home state at Miss USA because for me, that was like the end all. That was the one. That was just where I aligned. 
Yeah, I love that. And fun fact, you were the first Miss Nebraska to become Miss USA, and I was uh, the first Miss Nevada to become yay. Miss USA. So we're the first from our state. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, my sh long story short pageant journey and like what got me into it was it was so on a whim, like so on a whim. So I taekwondo my whole life competitions <laughs> internationally I would wear no makeup and do like the tightest ponytail with a braid to like look as tough as I could and I just wanted to be really intimidating and I didn't want to be pretty and girly but I was <laughs> girly like at school and in my normal life so I was living in Washington at the time flipping through channels on my mom's couch after high school and I landed on Miss USA 2009 funny fact when Kristen Dalton that <laughs> she was competing and won Miss USA that year so that year I at that moment like while watching it I googled um, Miss USA recruiters, like state recruiters, and I called a recruiter and they were like, um, I'm watching the Miss USA pageant. Can you call me back after? And I was like, oh, this is a real thing. Like people That's really amazing. are like into this. I had no idea what it was. Um, so I, it was completely on a whim that got me into pageants, but I fell in love with it. Through Taekwondo, I loved competition and always trying to be better. And I love the same thing about pageantry. It makes you, it made me at least better, the mm -hmm. best version of myself. And I'm always growing as a person, but I felt like I was always striving to become a better version of myself. So I love that about it and just kept going. Took me five years to get to Miss USA, but it was worth the wait. Uh, one more note on that for any pageant girls listening or any pageant girls here is um, it did take me five years and I did get second runner up. I competed at California in the beginning. I got second runner up at Miss California USA when there was 130 girls competing. And if I had gone to Miss USA that there, I, that year, I would have been eaten alive. I would not have had the mental, emotional, spiritual strength to be ready to win Miss USA. So I do believe in God's timing. And it was, I was ready for it after having lived a little more life at 24 years old. Now there's some women that are ready at 19 and they slay it. If that just wasn't my journey, but if there's ever, whether it's pageants or work or anything in life, mm -hmm. don't be discouraged if it doesn't happen right away. Cause if it is meant for you, it'll happen. It's just maybe you need to experience some more things in your life until you're ready for that. Absolutely. Yeah. Beautifully said. Thank you. It's true. And I competed multiple times as well. And I competed as Miss Nebraska Teen USA, and I went to Teen USA. This is after I was a national title holder for National American Miss, and I felt like I had lots of extra eyes on me and a lot of extra pressure. And I went in, I was ready to graduate as a junior in order to be the next Miss Teen USA. Like, I gave it everything, and then I didn't place in the top 15. Wow. And my, my teenage, small-minded... Sarah Rose what thought my life was over. I right. was like, oh my gosh, what now? This was my plan. And then <laughs> I went on to win Miss USA. So right. whatever's happening in the moment, it feels like that is everything. Um, but there's just so much more, which yeah. is why the podcast is more than a crown. <laughs> I love it. All ties in. Did you have a beautiful question okay. right up front? Yeah. So um, as two women who obviously live in two of the biggest cities, I'm sure you guys have super busy schedules and like goals to tackles and always on Yes, I love that question. You want to take it first? Yes. Okay. So everybody's self-care is different. Exactly. Everybody's self-care is different. And maybe you'll learn something from me or something from Sarah that you want to apply in your own life. But I'm really disciplined in the morning and my self-care routine in the morning is important for me because then it sets me up. Sarah's like, no, you guys can't see this if you're listening, but she's just shaking her head. Nope. And I like to sleep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I like to go to bed early so that I can wake up early. And my like exact order that I try to check off every single day is I start my morning with God. So I like to do a podcast, worship music or whatever it is, listen to a sermon. So at least 20 minutes of that, 20 or 30 minutes, then I listen to the news um, and it's like another 20 minute podcast podcast as I'm doing my morning things, getting coffee, stretching, whatever. And then I like to listen to a podcast that has to do with like business because I'm trying to work on my own business things, gym. And then before my morning routine is done, I like to also practice Spanish because I would love to be bilingual <laughs> at some point in my life. Oh my gosh. My last name is Sanchez and I don't speak Spanish. So, so proud. I'm working on it, guys. Oh, so that's my like morning routine. And I feel like if I'm starting myself in a positive space mentally and always learning and growing myself, then it sets me up for success with the rest of my day. And then I always do self-care Sundays and I'll have a really good bubble bath. That's my thing. 
So she does self care Sundays. You like every her Sunday. On the gram, you'll see. I do, and literally, I get invited out to things on Sunday, and I'm like, mm, no, I have, a, <laughs> I have an appointment with my bubble bath. I'm sorry, <laughs> I can't go to your comedy show. I can't do. I can't. No, I know you're my friend. I'll see you next week. <laughs> Pick another day. Sunday's my self care Sunday. So that's so smart. Yeah, it's my one day to set up for the rest of the week. Yeah. Yeah. And now for me. I don't have as steady of a routine as Nia just described. I think <laughs> I'm so, so structured in it at all, really. Uh, but I blame part of that on if you knew me when I was in college, I am not ashamed of this. In fact, I'm very proud. I'm a huge advocate for going to speak someone if you need to. I had to go to therapy in college because I, I was the most I couldn't be flexible. My, oh. I, my hands are sweating talking about it right now. Actually, oh I was so like very scheduled. Everything in my planner was color coded and my therapist, this is what it took my therapist to say, write in pencil so you can erase it. Ooh, I love So that. now my life is very much in pencil, <laughs> like very much in pencil. I, I, I one Miss USA and sweet Chesley, the current Miss USA is in the audience right now and she is experiencing this as we speak literally you get your itinerary for the next morning like the night before mm -hmm. and so you have to give your entire life over to mm -hmm. your management team for a year and as d summers would tell you i really haven't like brought back my planner self i'm just a free bird oh yeah <laughs> my wedding's in two weeks i'm like yeah sure the tablescape looks fine yeah, those flowers are going to be great. <laughs> Whatever. Um, I'm I'm pretty calm about all of it, which is hysterical because my old self would have never believed that. That's hilarious. But as far as self-care goes, I love to work out. I love to work out in fun group class settings specifically. I'll go to the gym and do it if I have to. But I love community. I love chatting with girls. I'm like, hey, I miss you. I haven't seen you in forever. Let's go work out together. Mm -hmm. Going to lunch, going to dinner is great, but it's also like I have to work out and that releases those happy endorphins. So I'd rather plan a girl's date around that. Yep. Um, and then self-care, if I had a self-care Sunday, maybe that's something I'll implement when I get married. Um, I Skincare is just really big to me. Like I know that if my base isn't clean and fresh, then I won't be able to walk outside in New York City confidently because I don't wear makeup every single day and I wanna be able to just confidently take on the world and feel clean and fresh and whatnot. So I do have a proper skincare routine like every single night. I take off my makeup, I wash with this beautiful Freya Luna. It's a vibrating cleanser and it's hypoallergenic and you put your um, face wash on it. And then I, after I've already taken my makeup off, do that and more comes off. Right. A double cleanse is very important. Yes. If y'all don't know, double it's cleanse truth. is life. You have to <laughs> take care of your skin. It's so true. And then I'll do a serum and moisturizers and everything. And Connor is annoyed. I'm like, babe, we, we need to both take care of our skin. And so he's, he's using one too. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I need to get Daniel on that. Daniel washes his face with water <laughs> and puts body lotion on sometimes on his face. Oh. And I'm like... I have a thousand skincare products and you're not going to use <laughs> one of them? Like, no. That's oh hysterical. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I'm, I I can never go to sleep with makeup on. No. Ever. Or like post-sweating. You just feel gross and salty. So get good sleep. Wash your face. Work out. That's mine. But yeah. in no particular order. <laughs> Whenever it happens. <laughs> just a fun fact to add on top of that. If any of you are hoping to be Miss USA someday, and I think it's different for everybody. You're more of a natural extrovert. I'm more of a natural mm. introvert. But my – I was very disorganized after being Miss USA. <laughs> it was cray-cray. My <laughs> husband was like – you don't close cabinet doors and like you don't like my I, I don't I have no idea what happened to me I think it's like I was just so scatterbrained for like a solid year I think I was just catching up on sleep for at least a year and a half to two years after being Miss did USA. you hear that Connor a lot of <laughs> it's true actually a few of my friends who have been national title holders have been um diagnosed with like some type of like just chronic. you're drained, whatever. Mm -hmm. chronic, chronic fatigue. fatigue. Yes, chronic fatigue. You get a little fatigued when you're on the go 24-7. Chesley, our Miss USA sister, did a behind-the-scenes um, Insta story a few days ago of, like, here's what my day looks like, starting at <laughs> 5 a.m. and, like, multiple flights across the country. And I'm like, yeah, it's exhausting. Mm -hmm. So 
But yeah. so worth it. So worth it because it's a wonderful year. Of but so worth it. Yes. <laughs> Anybody else? Questions? Right here. Oh, I will start. Wow. <laughs> Do you, you want to start? I have an answer. <laughs> no, you can go. Okay, I'll start. So I would say two. Um, one of my most favorite unique memories that I don't know if USA does anymore. It was every other year was I was in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Aww. And that was so special to me. And when I was able to do that. It was an every other year thing. And I hadn't kept track of who did it last. I was like, I hope it's me. I hope it's me. And then (laughs) it was. So that was a really, really special memory that I'll never forget because it's not a common thing for people to be in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Um, And then Miss Universe, I got first runner up. It was pretty exciting. Um, Yay. So... That was a fun experience, but the thing is, because I had competed so many times leading up to that, that by the time I got to my final competition on the pageant stage in my life, I was so able to embrace and soak in every moment. Like I remember everything. I remember like looking at my friends and the audience over here. My husband was over there with my family. I remember every detail, but often, I don't know about any other pageant girls out there, you get off stage and you like blacked out and you're like, what happened? Did I, what did I do? What did I say? You have no memory whatsoever. That used to be my experience, but because I had competed so many times, I was able to like soak in every moment and it was just, it was pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. I wish I would have won obviously, but you know, (laughs) but besides, you know, I did as good as I could have done without winning. So I had to bite my tongue just now because she should have, she should have. Thanks. Thanks. Clearly bias. Anyway. Of course. um, USA. We all cheer on USA. (laughs) My favorite memory during my year I have a few of course there are so many like the moment that I won the first like as the first from Nebraska and similar to what Nia said I was so aware of all of my senses like I knew where I was sweating I knew where everyone was sitting (laughs) I knew which judges I had made eye contact with I knew like what song was playing on the stage until the moment that I was crowned and then I totally blacked out right (laughs) but it's the best thing ever and other than that Something that was amazing was going to Mexico City. So for those of you that don't know my backstory, I worked in children's hospitals and I'm a certified child life specialist. So what that means is we're the liaison between the children and families and their medical team. And I wanted to be able to bring that career, that such a necessary field to light during my year as Miss USA and working along organizations like Smile Train and Project Sunshine, I really got to do that. And when I went to Mexico City, my perspective just completely changed because I'd been in plenty of U.S. hospitals, spent count so many hours studying my clinical rotations in the U.S. And then you go to this Mexico City hospital where Mm -hmm. these families have ridden on 16 hours of buses with a two-year-old. Katie can attest 16 hours of buses with a two-year-old. Like, That's mind boggling for us. Mm -hmm. And they were both like smiling and thankful to be there to be able to have this life altering surgery. And that just, oh, anytime I'm on an airplane and somebody gets irritated with like a screaming baby, I'm like, you have no idea in Mexico. They drive (laughs) on 16 hours of buses. So pish posh and perspective people. And so that just really changed my honestly everything. There's how I look at life and with just much more grateful eyes because we are so privileged to be in this amazing country with such a readily, readily, readily available healthcare. Yeah. And so that was one of my favorite moments just to be able to celebrate in that amazing time with that family and have them, their parents see their son smile for the first time was just, Oh, I get the chill bumps just talking about it. Yeah. Uh, but then a silly lighter hearted thing. That was my favorite. When I was at Miss universe, I peed my pants. Oh my gosh, did you? Why didn't you tell me about this? With Miss Japan. Oh my gosh, okay, because one of the girls that I competed for Miss Universe with peed her dress on stage at Miss Universe. I'm not going to say who, but just a little bit, like a tinkle, but like, (laughs) but the fact that this happened and we talked about it in Mexico and you didn't tell me your side of the story. That's hilarious. I should tell it to a live audience. Even better. Oh my gosh. Well... Why were you holding it so like break this down for us? Were you holding it so long? Were you no, laughing so hard? We like la- literally, okay. my experience at Miss Universe with these women was a twelve out of ten. And I had sought counsel of all of these former Miss USA's. Like, what are they like? Is it really intimidating? Are people mean? And I don't know. Like, I just had the 
best year. And I was a floater with all of these different women. And it was me, Miss Japan. Her name is Yumi. She's a riot. She like eats these crazy things. And she's essentially a television host where she goes to different countries and like adventures in the their nature and eats these. <laughs> she's just the most adventurous human I've ever met. And she has the funniest stories. And then with Miss Ireland, who can just do these hilarious accents and just, oh my gosh, it was a riot. So we were all, it was like in the middle of like a rehearsal or something. I literally like just, it just happened while laughing wow. hysterically. And then I had to change. Wow. You shared that. I just shared it. <laughs> I'm but proud of you. I think that's an, like just a testament to what an amazing time it was. And for anybody that thinks, oh, pageantry, they're always so perfect. I'm like, no, I literally peed myself laughing so hard. That's <laughs> the so best experience funny. ever. <laughs> well, hey, you have memories that will last a lifetime. So that is for sure. Lots of great experiences lots to answer memories. your question. Yes. I know we had some more questions. Yes. Oh, women. yeah. So what are some of, what is some advice that you have for women to find their confidence? Yeah. So the question for listeners was, Nia and I both talk about the importance of confidence, but how do you obtain that, especially mm -hmm. for some women where it doesn't come naturally? Um, I think Nia, especially being an introvert, can speak to that. Mm -hmm. But for me, I had to learn especially going to Miss USA. I can study the current events and the news to the best of my ability. I can know myself obviously better than anyone else in the world does, but there's a chance that I'm gonna go into that interview room and they're going to ask me something that I don't know. And I had to be at 100% peace with that and know that no human being is perfect, and I'm certainly not. I've got problems and I don't know everything. And being able to embrace those imperfections mm -hmm. and just be at peace with it makes me be able to be confident every day. Yeah, absolutely. That's so good. You have to love yourself. That helps mm -hmm. a lot. Um, so I do pageant coaching. I do interview coaching. I help women not only in pageant world, but that are coaching for other types of interviews. And I always tell them, it's so easy for me to be like, oh, you're beautiful or you're well-spoken. You should just be confident. And you can tell someone to be confident all day long. But I really believe in practical takeaways. So, I mean, there's so many tools that I share with women when I do coaching, but um, I think men trying really hard to be mentally like aware and disciplined can really help. So naturally as women or just humans, we often have those self-sabotaging thoughts. Sometimes depending on your background and where you grew up, it could be a little whisper or sometimes it could be like someone yelling in your head, like you're not good enough. Why do you think that you could ever do this? Like there's all those thoughts that we have, but it's being aware and then mentally disciplined to acknowledge those thoughts and then going in and changing them and speaking the exact opposite and speaking the positivity over your life. And sometimes you have to say it out loud and it's going to be really awkward. And you have to look in the mirror and be like, I am beautiful. I am confident. I can do this. And say if we're speaking to pageant specifically, if I don't win like more than a crown, like if I don't win, I am still good enough. I still have all these wonderful things that I'm doing and I'm helping people and I'm, you know, you have to speak those positive things mm -hmm. over yourself. I think your thoughts change and like direct your life uh, and that, and also your confidence specifically. Mm -hmm. So being really intentional with your thoughts and I myself get lost in it all the time. And I'm like, I coach this with girls. I need to like snap myself out of it sometimes if I'm having like a really mm -hmm. bad down day and everybody has bad days, but being really, really, really intentional with your thoughts and then what you're going to do. And there's so many other things, um, even working out, like ha mm -hmm. having those like endorphins that just helps you feel better and you become more confident. There's so many things, but I think if I had to pick one thing, it would be being in charge of your thoughts is really important. Mm -hmm. And again, that's easier said than done too, but it's, I yeah. mean, there's so much I could talk about, like making <laughs> journals and like what to read. Speaking mm -hmm. of what to read, one more thing, practical takeaways is like my favorite. Um, if it comes to being confident in a situation with lots of people, I would say How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie is one of my favorite books. I had not read that book till after I was Miss USA. Oh. And I was like, what the heck? Why did no one ever tell me about this book? It is life-changing. And I felt so much more confident after being Miss USA. I'm like, mm -hmm. this would have changed all the anxiety that I dealt with during Miss USA right. if I would have read that book ahead of time. So that book really helps with confidence like in rooms of people. And when Nia was saying that she has down days, 
I think it's so important to realize that even the people that you look up to, like I look up to Nia, everybody has those. We all have moments when we don't feel the most confident. And the craziest thing I can tell you is my roommate at Miss Universe, I mean, was super intelligent. She was a nurse, works in female health. She is so tall and gorgeous and just very everything, the whole package, right? And when we got there and she was my roommate, she would say the craziest things like, oh, I hate my arms or this looks awful on me mm-hmm. or, oh my gosh, my entire wardrobe is so bad. Or mm-hmm. did you see that girl? She's, that's, she's going to win. And I literally had to start saying like, I can't be around this negativity. Mm-hmm. So you have to take control of your own thoughts, but also surround yourself by the right community that's going to uplift your thoughts as well. So yep. to her, I'd keep... I would say her name and I'd be like, so let's pretend it was Nia. She would say something negative. I'd, Nia. And she would have to like (laughs) reverse it and be like, well, I I feel like this right now. And we got into that training after like a week. And then we both placed in the top 20 because she was able to realize how badass she was, honestly. Exactly. That's so good. Yeah. Not only like the just random thoughts that come in your head, but how you speak out loud about yourself. It's so powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It so is. I love that you have that positivity and you can help encourage that in (laughs) other people because it's sometimes we're not aware of it. It's literally like so many people are just raised with their parents saying things like that or their best friend or what, and it becomes part of your life. So it's good to be aware. And sometimes we're not, but that's why you got positive people like Sarah to encourage you. Yeah. There was at least one more question. Yeah. Hi. So I was wondering, what do you think is the most important basic competition out of interview, swimsuit, meeting up? Ooh. Well, I interview. I think interview. Yes. Because okay. We agree. I'm just, I was like, are we going to both think the same thing? But even if we didn't think the same thing, every judge is different. True. So they all have their own opinion. It is the most subjective competition you can mm-hmm. even imagine. Um, Different judges, different day, different outcome. I truly firmly believe that. Mm -hmm. But going into interview, that's what you're going to use your whole time if you win Miss Nebraska USA or if you win Miss USA. I don't prance around in a swimsuit every single day. (laughs) Um, Being able to feel confident in a swimsuit on stage in my physical appearance and feeling like, oh, yeah, all that work I did in the gym and this is who I am. I'm a realistic expectation for women watching at home that takes confidence and then you bring that into the interview as well and I feel like gown is just beautiful and fun (laughs) but interview you use every day so I think it's the most important yeah absolutely interview helps the judges fall in love with you usually usually interviews before prelims so it really helps the judges fall in love with you and your personality and as a judge Sarah you've judged recently and Mm -hmm. I've judged so many pageants after being Miss USA and you can't help but fall in love with a girl in interview if she like captivates you Mm -hmm. and then when she's on stage you're hoping she does well on stage because you're like oh she was so good I hope she like can actually walk because I really want her to win or and it's not usually one girl often like coming from a judge's point of view you probably have a solid say there's 50 girls you probably have like a solid top 10 that are really strong and then depending on how they do it on stage it kind of narrows it down but interview is what starts you off or if you see a girl on stage because I did just judge this summer hundreds of girls all in like three days and they start to blend together. So (laughs) if you see them on stage and you remember them from interview, that's when it clicks, right? Because if you stood out in interview, then you'll remember the face. You'll remember the person, that personality that will sparkle throughout. Um, And then I I remember I saw some girls on stage and I was like, darn it, I don't remember her interview. And that's Uh a bummer. Yeah, exactly. Good question though. Mm -hmm. All of them are important. Hey, girl. Ooh, go for it, Sarah. You're the most recent. I am the most recent. <laughs> well, I sought out counsel of former Miss. So, listeners, Chesley, the current Miss USA, asked three things that I did during my year or our years as Miss USA to set yourself up for afterwards. And obviously, setting goals. It's so strange that I was working in children's hospitals and then this life flip happened. It's like, do you go back to that setting? Maybe yes, maybe no. You never say never, Um, but starting those conversations early, right? And for me, like I knew that I was going to marry the love of my life, Connor. And so those conversations happened with him. Like, where are we going to live? 
<laughs> that was a conversation that happened. Had to have that conversation. Top three things, having the conversation of where you're going to live. Why do you want to live there? What do you want to do? Um, and then action steps, right? So like with my podcast, I had decided about it a few months before Miss USA happened. And so I researched the equipment, the who am I going to start my interviews with, all of those things in order to have a tangible product to release that I was excited about after the fact. Um, yeah, I know. I'm like three things. What else? No, I you're do? you're absolutely amazing, and I think you did a lot to set yourself yourself up for success after Miss USA. Oh, um, Chesley, girl, I did, I don't know. I'm a mess. Um, <laughs> let me be honest. Um, I'm not going to go into the details of the story. <laughs> I'll tell you later. But for all the listeners listening, there were some things that I tried to set up for success after Miss USA, and it didn't really work out. And it's like a long story, but. Um, my goal after that for my Miss USA sisters, I'm like, let me help you guys because it didn't work out for me. <laughs> so let me tell you what to do. So hopefully you can get it right. So I remember telling Sarah, yep. like now, like the beginning of the year, know what you want to do at the end and have it set up. Mm -hmm. um, one thing that I do know that did help me with my, I had a lot of appearances after Miss USA. So it wasn't like a launch of like a website or a brand or whatever, but I had a lot of personal appearances and I um, had a friend that I also knew could help manage me and I had them doing my emails for after Miss USA because the Miss Universe organization only handles your work while you're Miss USA of course because now they're prepping for the next Miss USA you so yay <laughs> the baton is passed so um I made sure that I um had someone to help me with that because I was still being Miss USA but I needed to make sure that I was ready to do the work after Miss USA as well um but when it comes to actual things, like Sarah's launched her beautiful jewelry line and she has her podcast and a website, like all those things, <laughs> I remember being like, just do it now because I didn't do it and I hope you can do better than me. <laughs> so right. yeah, just starting off really early. You got this girl. Yeah, you're amazing. Anybody Other else? Questions? Yay. So this one's pretty long. Uh, <laughs> I'm ready. Make it short. So similar to your story, um, I first watched my first pageant in 2015 with Pia, then I'm like, oh, I want to do that too because I'm beautiful. I didn't really know what, what, what pageants really were. I literally just threw myself out there <laughs> and I lost, which is fine because I had a time in my life. So I'm like, yay, good. Anyways, I just graduated from NYU. I did three years because I'm like, I want to get through this so I can do pageant full time in my country, blah, 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 whatever I'm telling myself. So anyways, I did it. I'm done. But how did you know when you were ready? Because you said it took you that's so good um for those of you listening just to recap in case they couldn't hear with the audio <laughs> uh long story short there's been a lot of life experiences for you and um the question is like, how do you know when you're really like ready and ready to be set up for success? Essentially, is that kind of what you're asking in the in the pageant that you want to compete in? Yeah, great question. So when I felt most ready when competing was when I took a lot of time to develop myself internally and emotionally. So I, my mental goal was I want to be the best version and most happy with myself spiritually, mentally emotionally and physically like obviously you want to be really ready physically as well when you're doing a pageant but those things were the most important to me i wanted to be in a really good place spiritually i'm a person of faith um mentally i wanted to have that positivity so i did a lot of work um with myself with whether it was books or surrounding myself with positive people like sarah said um being disciplined in my thoughts and and i think you can do that at any age but it's so easy to be like, oh, I'm beautiful. So I'm going to do this pageant and I like really want to help people. <laughs> so yay. And like, there's just so much more to it because yes, you can do good things with, when you have the right heart. But if you're still not confident in who you are, don't know who you are. That's really important. Yeah. <laughs> I'm proud of you. <laughs> I, I was just going to say when it was always one of my dreams, but I also knew that I wanted to compete and I wanted to get my feet wet and I wanted to practice. Um, so I competed a ju my junior year of college. And if something crazy had won, 
had happened and I had won, I would have taken a year off from TCU and been Miss Nebraska USA. But I essentially went to try <laughs> and see how teen was different than Miss, obviously. Play second runner up. And I said, okay, I'm gonna go do my senior year of college. And then it is my goal and dream to go to Miss USA. So I'm gonna do this when I can. And I had to, I put my career first. And so after graduation, I did my clinical rotations. And that's really tedious and really competitive to obtain. So I applied for five seasons to my clinical rotations to hospitals all across the country. And so once I obtained one, I was like, okay, well after this, now I have to get a job so I can't possibly work at a hospital and be Mr. Nebraska USA's. So it's now or never, honestly. That's how it worked for me is it was like, this dream of mine has been here forever. All of these other pieces in my life are happening. If this dream happens, amazing. But if it's gonna happen, it needs to happen right now. So I really gave everything to that. I would work out and watch the news at the same time after my homework before I went to the hospital for a 12 hour shift. So. Yeah. It's different for everybody. <laughs> yeah. And I do think that having like a coach can help as well because they sure. can help direct you. Not everybody has to have a coach. Not everybody can afford a coach. But if you can, I do think that that is something that's positive because often coaches know what to do to help set you up for success. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, you, silly goose. Yay. Fears or doubts? Or insecurities. I got so many. <laughs> what? So many. I'm, I'm a mess sometimes. Well, before, before competing in pageantry at all, like I said, I was super shy. So I was scared of any sort of public speaking, talking to even the cashier at Target. So definitely overcame that <laughs> just through the experience. Um, where do I start? So I've never loved my legs. If we're talking about insecurities, um, that. So there's just like so many things as women that sometimes we think like, oh, I don't like this about me. But then you learn that it is beautiful and it's unique. My face, I have still have acne. How do I have acne in my late 20s? It's ridiculous. And I had a lot of acne when I was competing. Um, quick short story. Right before I competed for Miss Nevada, I went to get my eyebrows threaded and they were like, oh, we can do your whole face. You won't have any of those little baby hairs. I was like, sure, that sounds great. This is a week before I competed for Miss, ne Miss Nevada. <laughs> Miss Nebraska. Nebraska. <laughs> it starts at the end, whatever, you know, close enough. Um, and it's not apparently, did not know this, not always sanitary. So my entire face broke out in the smallest little itsy bitsy <laughs> white heads. My whole face, I looked like I had a disease. This was a week before I competed. I'm sorry, but it was funny. terrible. Like I looked crazy. Um, but you won. Yeah, thank goodness. <laughs> oh my goodness. I mean, so, so there's just so many things where I feel like. You can have your physical insecurities or things you have to overcome, whether it's True. speaking or whatever, but um, trying to just mind over matter sometimes is really powerful. I'm like, it's okay. My face is terrible. I just, whatever, smile a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's so, true. Ugh, so many things. Yes. Hi. Sarah Rose's podcast, More Than a Crown, it's this idea of being more than, um, you know, maybe a title. So what would you say to former current pageant girls specifically? Because I feel like there's a lot in the audience and the <laughs> listeners. Um, to not let their identity be wrapped up in a title. Ooh. More than a crown. Yes. Absolutely. Thank you, Madison. So, so the question was, my podcast is More Than a Crown, but especially pageant girls, what what can we tell our listeners and those of you in the audience to make sure that you don't find your sole identity in that? Mm -hmm. And I think like Chesley is Miss USA for half the year and she's already asking, what am I going to do after this? Because you have to look to the future. This is an amazing opportunity that you get to make of it what you will. Um, and then after that, what's next, right? Like this is an amazing thing that you can use to propel you for your future um, and keeping that in the forefront of your mind and soaking up each moment versus, oh, who are you? I'm Miss USA. No, 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 mm -hmm. I'm Sarah Rose Summers. Mm -hmm. And I, I was Miss USA 2018 at the time. 
And I did a podcast episode with Savvy Shields. You guys can go listen to it on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen. And she actually really wrestled with that for about a year after. She was like, who am I? What is my identity? And so I'm really thankful to, I would attest to my faith Mm -hmm. for a lot of that and the community that I'm around, that I know that I am first and foremost a daughter of the king, and I am a sister of my brother and my Christ sisters, and there's just more than a crown. There's more than that title. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I feel like you said it perfectly. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, it's perfect. I, I, I fully agree with everything you said is to look to the future. Um, sometimes it might help to write it down, like who are you outside of the title? Because the title is only for one year. So yes. maybe even write it down, like what are your goals? What are your dreams? And who do you want to be? Not like what title are you, if that makes sense. But everything right. you said is perfect. Yeah. Mm, thank you. Yay. Anybody else at all? Mm-hmm. Oh, look at you guys. Go for it. Ooh. I mean, I feel like I just want to make it really simple because I've been giving <laughs> long explanations for some of these answers, but you really have to just love yourself. You have to know who you are on the inside and be so confident in that and love who you are mm-hmm. and have fun on stage. And that's easier said than done. Obviously, you get up there, your knees are shaking and you're like, oh my gosh. But you just have to have so much fun. So maybe it's practicing a thousand times <laughs> so by the time you get on stage, you're like, oh, I've done this. And your body just knows what to do. Um, but love yourself because the judges can tell. I've judged so many pageants. And when the girls just so happy and so like having a good time you can really feel that and you connect with it with Mm -hmm. a contestant it's so true I would just like to go back and replay my answer of accepting the fact that nobody's perfect (laughs) so you're not perfect the girl next to you in line's not the one Mm -hmm. after that's not the one before you's not none Mm -hmm. of you are so just take a deep breath and let that weight fly off your shoulders Mm -hmm. you'll feel so much better and you'll be able to enjoy it and that goes with anything a job interview a casting Mm -hmm. whatever you're doing yep Thank you for asking. Yep. Yes. So I'm very sure. Do you believe that height matters in a pageant? Good question. I actually did research on this like two weeks ago. And I would, if I had won Miss Universe, I would have been the shortest ah. ever. But people that ask me this question, I always love to point to Olivia Colpo. She's a good one. Oh, yeah. yeah. She's shorter, especially for the pageant world. Right. But I mean, it's all about your energy. Yep. And I think more now than ever, they're looking for a woman with substance. They're not looking at what this is. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah, I fully agree with you. And especially right now we're coming, I think we're like moving into a beautiful place in our culture where everything is embraced. So every height, every color, every religion, every, mm-hmm. everything. It's like, let's own who we are and rock it. So I think that it, even maybe it was 10 years ago, like, oh, if you're not 5'10", like all the pageant girls from like 10 years ago are so tall. And I feel like, <laughs> I feel like there's a bit of a variety now. Different. So I think that we're really stepping into that place. So it's like, if you own it, then you're good to go. Thank you guys. So before we go, I just wanted to take a moment, of course, to thank every single one of you that is here to enjoy and be a part of this big day, releasing the film component of More Than a Crown podcast. And I want to thank the sponsors as well. So I know I already raved about the Ferreo that I use every day in my self-care, but um, that's microphone sorry i got excited guys and then hum nutrition are supplements in order to feel your best from within and this is the red carpet (laughs) one that i like to take i'm getting ready for the wedding which is in two weeks and so whether you're getting ready for a runway or your pageant competition that's where hum nutrition comes or just life because i'm just trying to be pretty and glow all the time so (laughs) let's be honest even if i'm not on a red carpet this is for glowing hair and skin Absolutely. And then I also, a brand that I found during my year as Miss USA is called 100% Pure. And it's an all natural brand. And I, working in the health field, I understand that our skin is our body's largest organ. And we're putting all of these chemicals on it constantly. So one of my goals in the near future is to be 100% natural in all the products that I use. Ooh, go girl. Um, 
I mean, who knows what these things are causing, right? And so right. I love 100% pure. And because it's all natural, it smells good. I don't like taste good too, so it's kind of weird. <laughs> but <laughs> they have skincare and makeup as well. But I love their lip products. So Amazing. thanks to them for making all of this night happen. And the beautiful flowers that are everywhere are by Urban Stems. And you guys that are local here can come get a discount code over here in the Crown Marketplace back behind me where you can get drinks and bites and do your photo booth on your way out. But before we go, I have a very last important question. So Nia, you of course know why More Than a Crown is called More Than a Crown. Mm -hmm. And it changes every day what we are putting the pressure on ourselves of. So for me, I have to remind myself that I am more than that one year and I've got so much more life to live and endless potential going forward. So right now, Nia, when you go to sleep in a few hours, mm -hmm. what are you gonna remind yourself that you're more than? Mm, I love that. I think overall, just in my life for me, um, I'm more than my past circumstances. I, as a child in my youth, like I couldn't control where I lived or where I didn't live and what home I had or that I lived between like 18 homes by the time I was 21, um, bouncing back and forth. Like I couldn't control any of that. Um, but those circumstances don't define mm. who I get to be and who I choose to be. Mm. Um, I've been in really unhealthy, bad relationships that were very, very toxic. And that past does not define my future. So I'm more than my past and my past experiences. I get to choose who I want to be every day. You absolutely are. Yeah. And you choose it so beautifully every Thank day you. and in your morning rituals. <laughs> <laughs> Thank, Thank you guys so much for coming. Please do come enjoy the Light Bites little mini facials by Ferreo. I mean, it's bedtime, so you should do that. And then you should go home and get your beauty sleep. Yay. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Yay. <laughs>